You Decipher podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Oh, that's me. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back, Father Nick. It's been a little Hi, while. Father Nick. Father Cam, good to see you. Good to be with you. Um, I'm uh, I'm out of out of um practice. Out of practice. That's, that's it. Because you've been away for what two months? No, come on. Someone else said that it was just four weeks, but it was an exciting four weeks. They I missed w- you so much. I know. Felt so much I know. longer. That's that's why. And that's I have why. to confess that I've seen the topics and I've seen the guests, but I haven't listened to the last four weeks of the podcast. So I've got a bit of homework to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've had some fun people. Yeah, great. Yeah. But I I was in I was in Lisbon and Rome and then Spain, but primarily over there getting ready for World Youth Day. So it's lots cool. of exciting things. Very exciting happening. How many people do they think are going to come? in the whole world. It was really funny. Um, and you never know, they might listen to the podcast, but we had a meeting with the... With <laughs> the <laughs> you never know. We had a meeting with the like some of the representatives of the World Youth Day office and one of these guys looked exactly like Rafael Nadal, oh. um, which was hilarious. Wow. But we were in this room and um, there was this group of Australians. There was about 20 of us and Australians are very officious and we, we've got questions and we want answers and... Um, most of the rest of the world is nowhere near as organised or as... Um, intense. Intense is a great word, as the Australians. So we peppered these three kids about, uh, well, everything, and they gave us nothing. Uh. <laughs> I reckon 50% they didn't know, uh, 25% they knew, and um, they weren't going to tell they us anyway. Mm. And the other 25%, we were asking questions that were just silly like is there going to be enough water at the final mass and it's like <laughs> of course there's not going to be enough water there's never <laughs> but anyway so they don't know uh, how many they're expecting okay or they know and they're not telling us so generally they haven't put in the order for the water yet yeah <laughs> that's what they need to do first agenda item for their october meeting minimum two million i yeah it's it's really hard so they obviously identified that there's been a gap since the last world youth day uh but also especially in europe the, the troubles in the Ukraine and obviously the financial struggles that most of the world is going through at the moment. Uh, but I suspect there will be three million people. I, yeah. I reckon it'll be a sunny weekend and the Spanish will wake up and go, do you know what, we're going to go to World Youth Day and they'll just turn up. That's so it. Two million it's going to be great. But mm-hmm. great news, Lisbon is a beautiful city. Oh, I've never Ooh. been. So I've been there a few times but only – in transit. So I've only ever stayed in a hotel and never explored it. So we were there for a week and it's it's a bit like Barcelona if you've been to Barcelona, but it's very much like Melbourne. Oh, it must it's be beautiful. Like, it must be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so big sort of tree-lined streets, um, big avenues, big squares. Like as cities that could host a World Youth Day, I think it's going to be really special because there's like – it's like one centre of the city and it's all, yeah, these big squares. I think it's going to be pretty, uh, yeah, pretty pretty something special. So very mm. exciting. Great. But lots of other exciting stuff happening as well. Yes. Oh. Meanwhile, Father Cam. Father Cam. Has been riding around the exciting. bay. Yeah, yeah. I've been enjoying the spring weather and trying to stay away from the magpies. So 
to stay away from the sweeping magpies, you have to learn to ride really fast. There you go. <laughs> I have been doing a little bit of cycling, yes. True. In particular, um, yeah, last week was iconic Melbourne cycling event around the bay, um, which I had done the shorter version of it, the 100k version before, but <laughs> I tackled this year the full lap of the bay and did, my phone tells me I did 218 kilometres on Sunday. Wow. Trust your phone. Yeah. That's huge. Wow. You're listening to the You Disciple Podcast, where we put the you in disciple. Um, uh, well, public confessions. Uh, it's not, not me on the podcast without one. I actually registered to do it once <gasps> and then pulled out. So I'm, I'm a bit jealous. I was just talking with Father Peter downstairs and we were talking about how the weather was like, because Sunday was just perfect weather, not too hot. Um, the wind was going in the right direction. It, it turned and followed us the whole day. Um, and yeah, perfect. But if it was raining, um, he was saying that, yeah, a lot of people probably just wouldn't turn up because that many hours sitting in the rain, sodden on a bike in the rain would not be fun. So tell us how it started. Like, what? Why? Why? Are you a cyclist? Like I've, I've I've enjoyed cycling for many many years. That's that's been my kind of main avenue of exercise. But um, I suppose I, I started to dream at the start of the year. With it was actually a, a parish. We had a, like a retreat with our parish staff, and as a kind of get to know you questions, there was a bunch of questions that we were asking each other. One of which was, "What's a dream that you would like to pursue, but you're not pursuing?" And what would you have to do to achieve that? Uh, and what I came up with to answer that question was, oh, I'd like to be able to ride 100Ks. Um, I hadn't ridden that far since, like, for 10 years or something. And I'd like, it, it would take some, you know, serious training, you know, push myself to go out further and further and um, probably just get a little bit fitter and maybe eat better and um, that sort of thing. So I started stretching myself a little bit more. Uh, but really it was a lot of encouragement that I got over the months after that that made me go a little bit further. There's a, a guy who um, volunteers a lot in our parish who's a serious cyclist and I was talking to him about riding up Mount Dandenong one day and he's like, yeah, you'll be able to do it. <laughs> and then um, back in June, I was sitting with my brother who's also a much more serious cyclist than me and he rode with me on Sunday. Um, and we were talking about around the day and he said, yeah, you'd be able to do it. You know, you'd have to put in a bit of training between now and then. And that just started me thinking, oh, Maybe this is actually possible. Um, so we're, yeah, the, the sorry, I was just going to say we've been talking about this throughout the year when we've been looking at the question about discernment, mm. and this is something that I've always like. Sometimes you need to set the goal and set a goal that you don't think you're going to achieve in order to achieve it. And sometimes we we we're afraid of even setting the goal, and therefore we never start. Yeah, yeah, to set out on a task that. You don't know you're going to achieve. I, I remember some of the training rides I went on. I was like, oh, I'll head out in the morning and I want to do like this climb and then this climb and then go this way. But I'm not sure how I'll go and I won't get there. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I actually went where I intended to go. I didn't know that I was going to be able to do that, but I did. And I, I still, up until Sunday, felt like I don't know how I'm going to feel after 150Ks, whether I can keep going. I haven't ridden that far. Yeah. I don't know whether I'll be able to finish this, but... Yeah, and the importance yeah. of friends, because in your case, it's other people seeing something in you that you can't see in you. Yeah. And, and then that, they affirm yeah. that, and you're like, oh, well, maybe I can. Absolutely. 
not not only the encouragement beforehand, but then having having my brother to ride with for the whole day. I you saw didn't leave I, I you saw for other cyclists <laughs> <laughs> who were on their own, and we're passing them. And I'm like, that would, that would be a long day to just be sitting there with your thoughts and sitting there with nothing else to think about. But my legs hurt. Yes, um, no one to chat to and distract you. And I think one thing you said, like the people who did encourage you to do it, were people who's had done it or mm. who were a bit further on in their cycling. And I think, again, there's a real correlation there to this idea of vocation and discernment mm. in the Christian life is that take the advice from someone who is doing it already um, or at least who you know maybe has the capacity to do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, yeah, those, those who've gone before us in the spiritual life will will be able to recognize oh you have these gifts mm-hmm. or you you know god's moving in you in this way um and yeah you can listen to that so what did you do voice. so that was january um we're in what are we in now october so how, how you set the goal and you're like so okay i'm gonna Ju- do it late june, late june. I, I started thinking about it being possible so about three months <laughs> i i trained pretty hard um and yeah i said like every every monday which is my day off, the only chance I have in the, my week to go for a longer ride. I'm either going to ride 100Ks or I'm going to ride up Mount Dandenong. Um, we struggled walking so. up Mount Dandenong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I, I um, was giving up my one sleep in a week to get up early and get out on the road. And, um, and this is something that really struck me that there was like the excitement about thinking it might be possible that I can do this thing. There was, there was kind of a vision of something that I can achieve and where I can go. And it excited me so much that I was willing to make sacrifices for it, that I was willing to actually structure my life around achieving this goal. Um, and that was what really made me go after it because, like, it was a good idea. Um, but, you know, God's called me to do other things with my life. There's a lot of um, energy I can pour into my ministry, my priesthood, my religious life. Mm. Um, so why would I give so much time to something that can seem frivolous but god was really speaking to me in this that there's motivating me with a vision of of what my life can look like in such a way that i can achieve it so now i finished the ride and i'm asking this question of lord what's a what's a vision for my priesthood what's a vision for my ministry that will excite me so much that i'll be willing to make sacrifices to to grind at working to achieving that every day um and put in like the like the training over the months so that i could actually do the ride on Sunday so that I can actually structure my life. And I I had something very similar when I was going on my first Camino Mm. and we'd made the decision to go and some people had registered to come along and then I went out this Monday to do the thousand steps (laughs) and got halfway up and couldn't get any further. Wow, not even just stopping, take a break. No, no, no. I was just like – and I was standing off in this sort of little sort of – sort of gap in the road and these mothers carrying babies on their backs, sipping lattes, having conversations, <laughs> were passing me and these school groups of school kids and I was there going, what have I done? Like, And I'm supposed to be leading others. And very similarly, Mondays, I went, okay, what am I going to do on a Monday to get myself ready? And I made this decision that I was going to stop doing something and I was going to start doing something else. And so yep. traditionally yep. priests on Mondays – uh, diocesan priests at least, get together with their priest friends and they, they have lunch. And it was like, okay, between now and when I leave, and that for me that was six months, I'm not going to go to lunch with my priest friend on a Monday. And it was like, I still see them. 
I see them at other things, but I'm not going to do the thing with them that is not helping me achieve the goal. Mm. And the second thing, okay, what do I replace that with? I'm going to go on a 20K walk mm. every Monday. So I drive yeah. my yeah, car well. to a point on the on the um, East Link and there's a trail from yes. Downing and I would walk to Gels Park and I would turn around and walk back. And so it was that thing of, okay, to achieve the goal, I've got to stop doing those things that aren't helping me mm-hmm. and I've got to put something in place that is going to help me. Mm-hmm. And you've got to maintain that because you might do it this Monday and then next Monday you're like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you keep that so fresh? So some persistence. Yeah. yeah. It's been something I've been thinking about recently, the idea of um, marketing. So marketing works and I've met lots of students over the years who studied marketing and some of the Catholic students who do marketing end up pulling out because they just think this is so manipulative. Like there's ways to manipulate people into thinking that they need to do things. But I said, why don't we turn that around and say, how do we do interior marketing? How do I do the interior marketing to keep putting before my myself the goal I want to achieve? And in this case, you know, walking up, uh, doing the Camino, doing the ride, excellent. But then also holiness. How do I keep, what's the interior marketing I need to do to keep putting before my myself how attractive Jesus is, how worthy Absolutely. he is of my whole life, how... You know, his love, like how can I – so that I keep motivating myself interiorly to to love him more, right? Yeah, we can get so excited about the lives of the saints, but God wants us to be a saint. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever that vision of sainthood that he has for us, that's that's exciting. That's amazing and mind-blowing. So if we can keep that picture before us, there's a powerful motivation. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's really, really simple. So if you talk to these really old, old nuns, right, they're doing that. They're only got old nuns because, and if they're, especially if they're holy, because they did this their whole mm. life. But they do really simple things like, okay, well, when I go through this door, I think of whatever, I say this prayer. And when I see, and I put this card here that reminds me, in my daily life, I have put things in place that keep, marketing going you know Mm. keep reminding me and i think that that was the other thing in in preparing for that first camino was that thing of okay you do the big thing every monday but then there was this little decision of do you know what i'm going to go 30 minutes each day yeah and so i would it was about finding those times in the day that i wasted Mm. and i think this can very much be the same with our prayer life it's like okay well i've just spent 15 minutes so going through social media, but I say I've got no time for prayer. Mm. It's like, how do I how do I find those little moments that I can capture that I can turn towards my goal? Whether yeah. that's doing something great like around the bay in the day or whether that's growing in holiness. It's yeah. like, okay, there is these little moments in my day that I can put to the service of growing in holiness yeah. if I choose to. So for me, it was fighting the snooze button. I always knew there was about 22 (laughs) minutes between the time my first alarm went off when I should get up and the time the fourth one went off. 22 minutes? Yeah, seven minutes snoozes. So, I don't know, 28 minutes. (laughs) I I would generally hit the snooze button four times before I had to get up. Otherwise, I was going to be late for something. And it was like, okay, how do I – if you mean Jose Maria speaks about the heroic minute, how do I – Shrink the twenty-eight to one. Yeah, and <laughs> go for a go for a twenty-five minute walk, mm. and especially on the Camino, that was time to walk in my boots. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing for me was MasterChef. Like, <laughs> I still don't know who won MasterChef that year because I decided, you know what, this hour I could actually use for something a little bit better to help me achieve my goal. So, like, was there other things that you did sort of in your training, Father Cam, that sort of you think might have helped you be able to achieve it? Yeah, well, I think the the little moments of um, even like eating eating better, mm. and this is these are things that I I'd, I'd wanted to get in place in my life, just structuring my day in a different way because I was trying to fit in. I would go for a big ride on Monday and another bike ride on Wednesday, but then I was fitting in a couple other sessions on the exercise bike, and that actually allowed me to like finish up my work day, get on the exercise bike for whether a half an hour or an hour or whatever, and then give myself a good solid dinner. So I was suddenly eating better in that. Um, but also like, you know, deciding not to have sweets and that sort of thing, because I actually want to be healthy and the less weight I have, the less weight I need to push along on yeah. the bike. It's a very simple <laughs> equation when you're cycling. Um, you need to carry whatever weight you have all the way. Um, so there's a, a motivation for me every time, you know, whether I want to put sugar in my coffee or whether I want to have that second Tim Tam or the third Tim Tam or the fourth Tim Tam. Uh. And again, I think that goes to the thing. Once you've made that big decision, the smaller decisions mm. actually start to make sense. It's a role of your intellect. Yeah. It's very yeah. important. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and like to relate that to the spiritual life, if we have a positive motivation for that in, in moments of temptation um, to sin in all sorts of different ways, it's not just a, I shouldn't do that because it's a bad thing to do. But it's like, no, I want to be holy. I want to be pure. I want to be kind. Therefore, I'm going to make that decision. I'm yeah. striving for this goal because I've chosen it, not yeah. because it's being forced on me. Yeah. Like yeah, this is you're a, love, right? Yeah. Love is a great, a much better motivator than yeah. anything else. So yeah. Jesus is worthy of all of my love. Yeah. How many hours were you on the bike in total? Uh, just over eight hours of okay. rolling. Yeah. So... Um, on the Camino, just sort of do a 35k day, you're looking at about seven to eight hours. I've always struggled with the sort of the last two hours before the final hour. Mm. Like you've, you've pushed, you've gone over the halfway mark and you're like, I can do this. And then I always hit this sort of, oh, is this day ever going to end? Did you have a point? Like, was there a point where you doubted that you were going to be able to finish? No, I, I actually felt really really good on sunday itself um wow and felt really good for like the whole ride i was i was yeah and chatting with my brother about it while he's a much better cyclist than me he hadn't trained very much for this he'd kind of only stepped into training a couple of weeks before um so we were both amazed at the pace we were able to keep up and how comfortable we still felt um and yeah, there's, there's something about they used to do around the bay. You could choose which way you wanted to do it, like the, the Frankston side first or the Geelong side first. Um, but if you do the Frankston side first, it's kind of demoralizing just coming up the freeway from Geelong with no landmarks and nothing. Yeah. So they only let you do it the Geelong side first now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because when you're coming um, up the Mornington Peninsula side, you can go, I'll just make it to Frankston, I'll just make it to Carrum, I'll just make it to yes. um, Chelsea, I'll just make it to Morty. Um, and there's cafe stops and there's just all these things where you can just get to the next bit yeah. because that's much more motivating than once you pass Geelong having just 40 k's of nothing. freeway in front <laughs> yeah. of you, just, just landmarkless, nothing. So And I think that's, so again, that's one thing that on the Camino, it's sort of like you set those landmarks. And that was one piece of advice that we were given very early on in our time in the seminary as well. Like if you've made the decision to be here, then 
stay, like stay for a period of time. And I think sometimes that's whether it's doing like a physical pursuit or in their spiritual life as well. If once you've discerned something, once you've made the decision, stick it out for a period of time, which helps you move through the the doubts or you don't doubt anywhere near as well, the rector of the seminary said to us, the peaks and troughs are a lot less because you have made your decision. Yeah. Um, and so it is that thing of, okay, well, and on the Camino for me, it's like, okay, I I know the next town is in 5Ks. I'm not going to stop between now and then. Like I've set that goal, no matter how bad I feel, I'll put my headphones in or I'll pray a rosary just to get me through because I know where the stop is coming mm-hmm. um, rather than, oh, Always responding to how you feel at a given moment can be really dangerous. Mm. Yeah, if you're not moving in a direction, when something comes and knocks you, it knocks you along. Right? Yeah. It's just kind of physics, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I think, obviously, we're coming into study week here as well. I think that really applies for students who are who are doing their study. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this work for the next hour. I just, um, I, I'm a bit of a Facebook uh, marketplace advertising purchaser so back to your marketing thing mm. but i've just brought one of those electric timers okay. where uh, i can actually sort of set yeah, myself genius. period of time because it's like okay i'm gonna spend 30 minutes writing this paper and i'm not going to get up until the time is done mm-hmm. um like so i think sometimes having those um and then i'll and then i'm gonna have a coffee mm. or then i'm gonna make a quick phone call or then i'm gonna um go out and speak to someone but yeah. having those markers i think are really important sometimes I think as well with with study the that greater excitement of why you're doing this is such a great motivator. And I was chatting with um, someone a day or two ago, and um, they've been doing study, and they're so passionate about the the subject that they're doing. They're doing environmental science. They're doing a some sort of research project, but they'd taken a break from it for a time. They needed to have kind of this semester off, and she just went into uni the other day just to start immersing herself back into the thing. And she was like, I just love just reading up about this stuff. Because when she had been in the research project, she'd been so overburdened by there's just all this work to do and all these demands and all these timelines and all of these things that you can forget how excited you are about the subject or how excited about um, studying what you're studying. You know, you've chosen to study it for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and when you're in exam week or you've got all these essays to write, then just the burden of all that can become... The focus yeah, obscures the vision. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to keep renewing the reason yeah. why. I, I actually love law or accounting or biomedicine or yeah. whatever. We used, it to, is. we used to say um, in the seminary that every seminarian had two vocations or crises a year, and it was week twelve of semester one and week twelve of semester two. <laughs> so, I, when when everything is weighing down on you, it's very easy to forget the love of why you're there. Yep. Um, yeah. But that perseverance through that. Um, you you see the fruit at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and everyone feels a lot better in that mid year break or at, in, in summer where they're not <laughs> when they're not being weighed down by. It's been nice seeing the students at JP two, and how they help each other with the study. And everyone yeah. needs to different things, and it's really nice the way they respect that. So some people. Mm. They just study better. I think you're like this, Father. Like <laughs> study better in a cafe or yeah. study, better, study better when there's other noise going on mm. and you just – I can't do that, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they just need it. So I've just been sitting there bringing coffee, bringing drinks and, okay, as long as you get this assignment done. And they get it done. Yeah. And it's really great. Or other people 
really need the silence and they really need blocks of time where they're in full silence and then they come out and do something and then or I saw last night students are passing around other little gimmicks to help each other it's like okay let's do 50 hours of study and offer it for this intention and they're all you know jumping on that together and I think that's wonderful just finding your own way it won't be the same for each person but it's great to encourage each other and I think the thing like so I'm doing some study at the moment as well and this is going to sound a lot like justification but at one point or another going okay I know that I I generally get things done at at this time I need the deadline I need the pressure and to a certain degree not feeling bad about that like sometimes you sort of you set yourself up each semester to fail to a certain degree like I'm going to get everything done by week four and then I'm going to have nothing at the last minute but it's like yeah just actually settling in and going okay this is who I am this is how I study um, this is how I produce my work um, and not beating yourself up about the struggles of being a student and the the challenges and okay, yeah, we can always be a little bit better and a little bit more organised, but um, I think being realistic with yourself and at the same time then going, okay, I am going to feel a little bit down at this time of year or I am going to feel a little bit more tired or a little bit more irritable and just like acknowledging that yeah. and again, that thing of not letting the highs and the lows of, of this time of year in particular sort of um, hit you as hard as they might if you if you try to tell yourself that everything's going to be okay and then you realise, oh, I'm not much different to what I was last semester. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's yeah, what's next wise. on the, uh, the cycling um, agenda? What's the next big road race on the calendar, Father Ken? Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not taking on any other big road races, um, but a goal that's ahead of me that might actually sound rather spiritual is called the crucifix. Right. <laughs> 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 Melbourne cyclists have... Four basic ways of climbing up Mount Dandenong. And if you do all four of them, which come from four different directions to the same point in the middle, they call that the crucifix. What? Who so, started this group? Must yeah, have been some sure Catholic. Maybe they're undercover, undercover, undercover Catholics in the cycling community. Yeah. So that's my next achievement. I've done half a crucifix <laughs> so wow. far. So, um, yeah, we'll see how I go. Oh, wow. Okay. Great. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. Big couple of weeks here in Melbourne. Um, yes, Father's come back with a fury. Yeah, There's events it's, it's, it every is, other day. There is a lot happening on campus and off campus, but I suppose in particular, uh, World Youth Day information sessions all around Ooh, the city, including including at your parish. Yes. So yep. you, you get we'll be But there is there is six of them, six of them in the next two weeks. So all World Youth Day every day. Uh, so make sure you check out the website for all the details because we've we've finalised our pilgrimages. Um, we've finalised an approximate indicative price. <laughs> Sounds so definitive. Um, but lots of great things. But also uh, leadership opportunities, ways you can serve at World Youth Day. 
Um, and some exciting fundraising opportunities and a few things that might make it a bit easier if money is going to be an object of getting you to World Youth Day. So That's wonderful. Uh, plenty of stuff over the next couple of weeks. So check out udisciple.melbournecatholic.org slash WYD for all the details. But otherwise... Sounds great. And we have a mini, if you don't want to go on a 210-kilometre thing, ride. We have Ooh. a, you know view our little Marion pilgrimage coming up on the 22nd of October. Very cool. So meet at St. Mary's Star of the Sea. That's it. So it's all happening. So keep your eyes open uh, and we'll see you around campus. God bless. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.